When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to Tennis Channel Live as we lead up to the night session in Atlanta. It is TCL from the ATL, and here is a look at tonight's fire lineup. Local favorite from Georgia Tech, Andres Martin, taking on Tanasi Kokonakis, and then its former champion, Nick Kyrgios, coming off the final at Wimbledon against the qualifier, Peter Goyavchek. With that, we bring you into our studio in Santa Monica, California. Steve Weissman back alongside the Hall of Famer, Tracy Austin. It is always good to be back with you, Jimmy Arias. We've got a, a, a great show tonight, and we've, we are leading up to the top of the hour where we have two big matches in Atlanta, one with Nick Kyrgios. First time seeing him in singles since getting to the final at Wimbledon. We saw him last night play doubles and win with Tanasi Kokonakis. It has been a strange year for Nick Kyrgios because he seems to win matches every week as opposed to one great week, take four months off, another great week to keep the ranking going. And that continued even in a three out of five set tournament all the way to the finals of Wimbledon. Is this the Kyrgios that we've all been waiting for for years and years and years? The guy that really has the talent to be top two or three in the world. We'll see. A motivated Nick Kyrgios, Tracy, is something to be feared. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like Nick is starting to make more of a commitment. He's 27 years old now, and I felt that when he decided to play three grass court tournaments leading up to Wimbledon, where he thinks, as he says, I'm one of the best grass court players out there, if not the best. So he's showing more commitment at, at Wimbledon. He wasn't spending as much time in the dog and fox. He was staying <laughs> at home. He said it was very difficult to stay at home and rest and recover on the off days, but we saw what he was capable of doing in the tennis type of tennis he's able to play. He's gotten to at least the semifinals in four of his last five tournaments. Nick Kyrgios is turning it on. Earlier today in Atlanta, we had the young American in action, 21-year-old Jensen Brooks speak. His Atlanta debut said he is excited to be back on the hard courts. He'll be even more pumped, Jimmy, after this match against Benoit Paire. Yeah, this match, we might be able to show you almost the whole match, as it wasn't all that long. It lasted just about an hour. Brooksby has not had a lot of success since he left the U.S. hardcore season. Clay wasn't great for him. Grass hasn't been great, but this is the surface he likes. First set, couple of anxious moments. He gets through at 6-3. This is the pivotal passing shot to get up a break in the second set. And often when you're playing Benoit Pair and you're up a set and a break, that can be good enough. And it seemed to be good enough as Brooksby then ran away with the rest of this set and the match. And a good start to the U.S. Open Series for him. Yeah, went 5-8 and eight during those clay and grass court seasons. Now 10-4 and four on the hard courts this year. Yeah, I think that was I think that was a very solid match for sure. You know, good to good to get through it. You know, a little easier sometimes. Uh, you know, he's a tough opponent for sure. But um, yeah, I had a had a couple good weeks training back home. It's really nice to be back in the states. So uh, I'd like to thank everybody who came out today. 
Then the All-American battle between Jack Sock, former top 10 player Tommy Paul. This was one-way traffic for TP today, Jimmy. Yeah, I was saying how the last match was quick. We probably could show you this whole match. It was incredible stuff, really, from Tommy Paul. I can't fault Jack Sock that much. The movement from Paul, he was everywhere. Jack Sock has actually been winning quite a few matches, playing challengers, playing events, trying to get that ranking back, and I think he's been playing at a pretty good level. He did not expect to see someone playing at the level that Tommy Paul played today. First set, 6-1. They had some tough rallies, but just Paul was all over the court defending and then coming up with winners when he had an opening. 6-1, 4-love lead here. No matter, you can still see Jack's not giving up. He's not capitulating, still fighting, but he just didn't have anything that could bother Tommy Paul today. He's got to serve and hit winner forehands, and Sock could not do that today against Paul at all. Tommy Paul coming off the fourth round at Wimbledon, keeping those good vibes going in Atlanta. I came out today not, not doing too much wrong, so I just kind of tried to keep it going, you know, keep uh, the rhythm going. I was serving well, returning well, did... Not too much bad, like you said, so I'm happy to get through. Fresh haircut for TP <laughs> as well. He moves really quick on the court, even faster now that he's lost those locks. And, uh, Tracy, you take a look at these numbers. What stands out to you? Well, obviously, the second serve points, one for Jack Sock, 7%. But he's got a big first serve, so 50%. That shows a lot about Tommy Paul's return of serve. Tommy was just too good from every part of the court and he had 10 break points on Jack's serve as well converted on six he was returning incredibly well lights out every stat in that that we just showed you was ridiculous 61 points to 33 total in a pro match that it's always a couple of points that it make is. a difference that it, I've never seen scores like that listen we've seen Jack Sock trying to get back as you mentioned into the top 100 just outside there Tommy Paul was at a career height now he's close to cracking the top 30 for the first time in his life. What has led to this where Tommy Paul's playing the best tennis that he has ever? Tommy's always been fit, but I think he's taken that now to the next level. He seems stronger to me, and he moves. He's one of the best athletes out on the ATP tour. So he was everywhere on the court, and Jack Sock just got so frustrated. He actually started to overhit because he was trying to hit so close to the lines. Tommy Paul was everywhere. He served extremely well, mixed it up beautifully, was able to get to the Jack Sock backhand, just kind of jerked Jack around. Tommy's just looking comfortable from all areas of the court. It's all about belief, in my mind, especially at this level in the game. They're all great players. Top 100 players are great players. You can't differentiate from their strokes all that much. He's starting to believe he, does, he should be beating players like this, and not just Jack Sock, but top 20, top 10 players. Look out for Tommy Paul. He's playing really well. Winning begets winning. Tommy Paul just keeps on winning right now. The ladies over in Prague, speaking of players that have been winning a lot, Annette Contivate, number two in the world, coming off the final in Hamburg. She is the top seed in Prague and played like it today, Tracy. Yeah, Contivate in the far court, always is attacking the returns. And Borgadza just didn't have enough on those serves, enough on her returns, not enough depth. And so Contivate was really able to control just about every single point with her big forehand, with her powerful and consistent, accurate backhand. Her court positioning was incredible, always so close to the baseline. Good defense here. And this was just a really frustrating match for Gorgadza because she just didn't have enough firepower to bother Contivate. It was pretty one-way traffic, just 48 minutes, even quicker than your matches, Jimmy. <laughs> didn't face a break. Boy, five aces, won 90% of her second serve returns. Really took advantage of that. 
Annette Contevate is moving on. And then you have the defending champion, Barbora Krejcikova, coming off winning the Wimbledon doubles title. No trouble in singles today against Anna Blinkova. She just has such a beautiful all-court game, that beautiful slice backhand to set up the power down the line. She has such flow on her ground strokes. And as you said, the defending champion for Krejcikova, she's defending with some points here. She wants to stay inside the top 20. And she's at home in Prague, comfortable playing in with the home crowd. She looked very good. Remember, she had that injury to her elbow, so she was out for a number of months. She's looking very solid, consistent all-court game. Plays so well in every area of the court. Still looking for her first singles title this year. She's won two doubles majors, one in Australia as well as Wimbledon with Katarina Siniakova. They've done so well, but it was last year that she really broke out in singles, winning Roland Garros, getting to number two in the world. But right now, number two in the world is Annette Contevate. Yeah, that shocks me in a lot of ways. I, I saw that ranking, and I had to sort of go through her results. And it seems as though it's all from one little stretch of time at the end of last year. In the majors, Contevate has struggled. She's gotten tight. That's the next level for her. For people to actually accept that you're number two in the world, you got to get sort of at least to the fourth round or quarters of a major. She's only losing second, third round every time. Yeah, it's kind of interesting right now because you have Sakari at number three. She's dipped a little bit with her results. Um, de Boers won a ton of matches, so she, now she's into the top five. It seems like Iga Sviantek, she's just gobbling everything up this spring. And with Ash Barty, of course, retiring in February or March, she had had such a consistent year. It's kind of, it's kind of strange on the WTA. I'm worried about Jessica Pagula because she's from Buffalo. And I thought that my five in the world would never be broken from she's anybody now. from Buffalo. And I'm getting a little bit nervous. But she days. grew up training in so. South Carolina. So really her tennis is from South Carolina. Let's go with that. Right? <laughs> yeah, there we go. Thank you. <laughs> You should Hilton, be cheering Hilton somebody Head, Charles, Charles, I am, I'm kidding. I am cheering. You are them. not kidding. I'm pretty much kidding. <laughs> We're going to be talking about Jesse Pagula coming up next because not only is she from Buffalo, South Carolina, uh, she's also the top-ranked American in the world right now, revealing an unusual risk she's willing to take. Believing in UFOs? What is going on here? Stay with us. Tracy, Jimmy, Steve back on TC Live taking a look at our featured matches. Center Court Wednesday beginning at 5 a.m. Eastern. We've got the number one player in the world, Iga Sviantek, in action. Dominic Team playing in Kitzbühel. We'll have his highlights later on the show today. Yannick Sinner, look at all these big names. Tommy Paul playing tomorrow. Francis Tiafo and Riley Opelka, the top seed in Atlanta. Time now for our warm and fuzzy segment with top-ranked American Jessica Pagula. If you could see anyone taken by a UFO. I don't really want to see anyone. What if I tell you it's a UFO of happiness, of wonder? Oh, it's like a great other planet? Yeah. I mean, I would go. Why? If it's happy. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. I'd be like the only person to really be out in a UFO. Do you want the first sentence of your Wikipedia page to be highest level tennis player, multiple grand slams and money? Or do you want to be first tennis player abducted by a really happy UFO? Probably the tennis. And then in the second line, it'd be like, by the way, she got abducted by a really cool UFO, but she's doing great. If that's like how I go out, like that's too good. That is too good. By the way, uh, you can see all of our warm and fuzzy segments on the Tennis Channel app. Michael Costa, Lolo Jones, killing it with those. That was one of my favorite ones with Jesse. 
We are leading up to the top of the hour. Andre Smartin, the rambling rat from Georgia Tech, taking on Tanasi Kokonakis in Atlanta. More highlights on the way, and our experts share their thoughts on a time-tested issue that is unique to our sport of tennis. Don't go anywhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back on TC Live, about 15 minutes away from the night session in Atlanta. We got the Georgia Tech player, Andres Martin, former techie himself. Chris Eubanks says, just call him Dre. Dre Martin it is against Tanasi Kokonakis. Peter Goyavchek against Nick Kyrgios. After that, it was Kyrgios and Kokonakis that played doubles last night and got the big victory. On Sunday, 20-year-old Italian Lorenzo Musetti won his first ATP title. He took out Carlos Alcaraz, three sets in Hamburg, said it was a dream. Got to a career-high 31 in the world. By the way, Alcaraz got to a career-high 5 in the world, but it was Musetti that got the hardware, and he was asked, what's your next goal? He said, I have to win next week and try to win more and more. Well, Jimmy, that started today against Aliash Betanet. I love that attitude because it's exactly right. When you get on a roll in this sport, you got to keep that roll going. And so a lot of Jimmy players win it. their first title. They're a little first tired game. first round the next tournament. It happens just a day Later, you don't get much rest. They struggle a little bit. Musetti obviously came out early and was not struggling. Was able to continue to defend and play great clay court tennis. He won the first set pretty comfortably, 6-2. Did lose the second set, but the third set, Musetti got back in control. And again, he's a guy that it would be nice to see him seated at Roland Garros because he is a dangerous clay court player. He's now 30 in the world. He's going to keep these points for that tournament next year's loss. In five sets to Djokovic and Sissipas in his last two Roland Garros adventures from two sets to love. He's a great clay quarter. He's a youngster that's up and coming. Good for him to keep it going. Remember, just 20 years old. Keep an eye on Lorenzo Musetti. And then we've got the resurgence of Dominic Team. Kitzbühel had lost 10 straight matches at the tour level, then a quarterfinal in Sweden, a semifinal in Switzerland, now back home in Austria. He's got that mojo, Tracy. Yeah, and what he has is more racket head speed. You know that he had that wrist injury where he had to have surgery. He was out for months, and he came back kind of just massaging the ball off the forehand and even off the backhand. Now he's starting to drive the ball again, and with those deep drives, he's able to get inside the baseline dictate play with depth with angles and with his athleticism that's always been there so he's starting to gain some confidence which is so important and uh, this is just so tough to get the ball around team through team he's getting everything back I think he's going to be dictating here Shevchenko but not so much team seems to have the answer for everything and the home crowd is on his side also this is so good to see. Dominic Team was with us during the U.S. Open last year because he wasn't playing. Now, remember, he's former champion there. Big things coming for Dominic Team. Love to see that. Other results from today. Jimmy, what do you like? I guess Offner 
taking out Gasquet was a bit of an upset. Dennis Kudla losing to Mackenzie McDonald. I think Mackenzie's very solid every week. He plays well. Let's see if he can keep it going in Atlanta. I don't know. There's a lot of Pablo Andahar in a third set tiebreak. That's exciting, I suppose. That's all exciting. Yeah. Let's, let's see what's trending on social media right now. Naomi Osaka, no longer with Wimphisette, Tracy. She's going back to her dad as her coach. Uh, what do you think of this move? Well, I was kind of surprised. They seemed like they were a good duo with Wimphisette. Uh, she did go to her dad a few years back kind of as a placeholder. She said he's always positive. He doesn't say much. He gets too stressed out coaching her to keep it long-term. So we'll see how long it lasts. But uh, remember, he was her original coach. I think whoever makes Naomi Osaka feel relaxed when she plays is the one who's going to be doing the best job because she's incredible when she's right. And if you can get her relaxed, she's going she's gonna to win a lot of matches. She's going to win majors. That's the type of player she is. It's weird with coaching in tennis to me because the coach has no real power. You're employed by the player, so you kind of have to do what the player says, which isn't the way coaching and sports normally work. So tennis is strange in that respect. Tracy, I, I feel like with the big three, Serena, Venus, I mean, they've all had a very consistent coaching presence for much of their careers. Is that what it takes to reach that type of level, or, or can you make these changes? You know, I, I think you look at Federer, he had Severin Luti for so long and Nadal with his uncle Tony for such a long time. You're right, Venus and Serena with their parents. So maybe Naomi's going back to who she had, her dad, who was there for her whole childhood. Then she reached out to a few others to, to gain some some more elements to her game. But I, I think Jimmy's spot on. Right now, she's kind of in a, in a weird place and she just needs to feel that comfortable com- comfort level and he doesn't seem to stress her out. All right, looking forward to uh, seeing Naomi Osaka in San Jose and, uh, you know, four majors already. We'll see what happens going forward. And then, this is a unique situation to our sport of tennis. Elias Emer put this tweet out saying, you wonder if tennis is the only sport where you don't know when to play, what time, and who you're playing against at 9.30 p.m. the day before, Jimmy. What's up with that? Tennis is the hardest sport there is, I have to say. It builds character more than any other sport because there are you're traveling the world. It's one-on-one. No one likes to admit that person is a better person than you are, so your ego's involved. You don't know. You warm up with them. What other sport do you say, hey, can you hit me a few lobs? There's no other sport where it's sort of so one-on-one. And tennis also, as I said, traveling the world. You don't know what time you're going to play. You finish a tournament, you win, you're so excited. Oh, let's play again tomorrow, and it starts in the first round. There's so many things that make tennis difficult. Well, what's really interesting is when the qualifying hasn't finished, and so they're not able to put the draw out, so then it's late. You don't know who you're going to play the next day. You don't know then what time you're going to play, who to warm up with. So you've got somebody on speed dial hoping that they're a lefty or a righty, the right person to warm up with at the right time of day. It makes it very difficult. You're hanging around 9, 9.30 at night, and you still don't know. Yeah, you're going to bed, perhaps not knowing when you're playing the next day. I mean, it's a fourth on after 11. Yeah. Who knows? You may not even play, right? The first time I had a fourth on, I actually did it wrong. I added it up, and I, I, I said, well, an hour and a half, an hour and a half, I'm on it this time, and that was when the fourth match ends. You know, I'm not the sharpest tool. That's why I showed up. I defaulted my first pro tournament. Seriously? Not on the tour. It was a money tournament. It was a, when I was a junior, you, they told you you play at 2 o'clock, so you show up at 2 o'clock. And maybe you'd be later, but they wouldn't default. And you don't like to show up early for anything, so we know I that. do not. Jimmy <laughs> was like an hour late tonight, an hour and a half. I, just, I can't like believe that. I made it. Monster may know.
Call times are just a suggestion here at Tennis Channel. Taking a look at Wednesday's schedule. We've got the action starting at 5 a.m. Eastern. Of course, the day session from Atlanta, 11 a.m. The three of us back at 6.30 p.m. Leading to the night session in the ATL. Back with more after this. Austin Arias Weissman back with you on TC Live. A reminder, next week, Tennis Channel Summer in the Cities brings you three big North American hardcore events. We've got the combined City Open in Washington, D.C., the WTA in San Jose, and then more ATP action in Los Cabos. Live center court coverage begins next Monday at noon Eastern. Tournament I grew up going to in D.C. Gotta love it. Hot shot of the day, Jimmy. Lorenzo Sinego. He's a shot maker, and he's playing Pablo Andujar, a veteran Spaniard clay court match on the dead run. How does he get that ball cross court from that position in the court? Sinego, as you see, inside in. That's never a great idea because it causes you to have to run a long distance if you don't hit a winner. He ran a long distance and slapped that beauty for our hot shot of the day. Well, we are in the U.S. Open series right now. Of course, leading up to the U.S. Open, some big events still to come. We've got the Canadian Masters, and then we've got the Cincinnati Masters and the Sports Business Journal reporting today that the USDA has picked Ben Navarro's bid to buy the Western and Southern Open sanction for the ATP Tour. Ben Navarro, of course, owns the Charleston Tournament, the Credit One Charleston Open right now. Built that beautiful new stadium there in the Low Country, and it looks like reportedly, he's going to get the Western and Southern Open. What do you think about that? I think it would be well-deserved. I think it would be fantastic. Ben Navarro has shown such a commitment to tennis. He has had 71 tournaments in the last few years in Charleston where he lives, whether it's been WTA, ITFs, just had a junior tournament, the Girl National Clay Courts, 16s, a couple of weeks ago. He's got plenty of money um, to, to buy the event, and he's got a passion for tennis. That's what's most important. We all know that his daughter, Emma Navarro, who played two years at UVA and has just won her first title a couple of weeks back. So he's fully invested. He runs great events. I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. And the time slot of Cincinnati, boy, it could not be better. Two weeks before the U.S. Open, I'm sure Ben wanted to keep it in the United States. It's a fantastic event. I'm always for billionaires wanting to be into tennis. And obviously, it's a great thing. His daughter's going to be in the game as well. You've got to believe she's going to be playing for the majors at some point. Um, maybe not to win majors, but she will be there in the top 100 in the world. So, you know, he loves tennis. Come on. Absolutely. Uh, love what he's done in Charleston, yeah. taking that tournament to the next level. And then now the Western and Southern Open. So we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll get the confirmation of all this stuff. But hopefully uh, signed, sealed, delivered. Great pick. Ben Great. Navarro getting the Western and Southern Open. Back to Atlanta we go. And we've got the NCAA champ from Florida, Ben Shelton, playing his first ATP Tour level main draw event, taking on Ramkumar Ramanathan. Got to the finals in Newport a few years ago, and uh, Ben Shelton's got a big game, Tracy. He does. He's got a massive lefty serve, so much firepower from the backcourt, always looking to dictate with that forehand, and he got the break early on. He was just controlling this match from every portion of the court. He's got quick hands. This kid has just finished his sophomore year. At Florida, he won the NCAAs and now starting to make headway into the pro event. You can tell how hot it is. Every every point we see, I feel like Ben Shelton's changed his shirt. And he's so sweaty, but he's got plenty from all areas of the court. His dad, Brian, was a player on the ATP Tour. He's ramped up, and he knows what an important moment this is, not only for him, 
but for his family. I'm not 100% sure his father, Brian, who, as Tracy said, played on the tour, is going to be that happy because he's also the coach of Florida. He's the men's coach. And Ben is doing so well this summer that I would tell him as a dad, keep going on the tour. Well, he says he hasn't he's doing decided very, yet. I know. But if he keeps winning in Atlanta, I think the decision keeps tilting towards the pro tour and away from Brian sort of having a successful, as successful a year as he might have as his, if his son had played. Listen, they got the NCAA championship. They got the, the individual one as well. So they, they had that amazing moment. It was Ben Shelton that clinched the team title for two Florida two years ago. Then yeah. he gets the individual last year. Uh, Brian does whatever is best for his, his son, which may be going pro. But you think maybe one more year in college could no. be good as well? Well, I don't know. You know, I, I could see where Brian Shelton, as a dad, might be saying, you know what, son, this is something so special that I get to be the coach. You get to have all the success together for one more year. You're going to have plenty of years. You can play till you're 35. You know, he went to college one year early. Um, he may also say, you know what, let's get you three years of education under your belt before you turn pro. In case something happens, you only have one more year to go back. But it depends. I think the next two or three weeks are really going to decide whether he turns pro because he's played three challengers already and he's gone deep in every single one. So you might be right, Jimmy. That was my point. He, he, if he doesn't play, if he doesn't turn pro, he's going to go college and then he's coming back to the next summer defending points without having any point. He's going to drop in the ring. He's not going to make finals, finals of challengers again for sure. Turn pro. It's so time. education has... You go later. Go later. Go later. You who went it's to, fine. to yes. homeschool since I, you were in fourth it, grade. I made it to like fifth grade, and I'm still fine. <laughs> Professional athlete, uh, you know, career, it's very short. Yeah. So when, when you can do it, do it. Either way, by the way, his sister plays at Florida as well. So Brian's still got, you know, a Some daughter that, yeah. that would be at Florida either way. I did not know that. That's a huge success. Fantastic. <laughs> no, right? It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, the match we got coming up. Tonight, top of the hour, Andres Martin. So, there's another college player. Look at hashtag college tennis. Tim Russell, <laughs> this is all for you. Um, he's got the wild card into this event, taking on Tanasi Kokonakis. So, big opportunity to get his first ATP Tour win. It is. It will probably be difficult. He's playing sort of in his home area, obviously, in Georgia. So, he'll have the crowd behind him. But he hasn't even played challengers. He's just played futures. He's just played college. This is sort of a step up. And he might, early in the match, be so tight and nervous that Kokonakis can run away with it. Kokonakis, great on hard court, had a great start to this year, has fallen off a little bit in the middle of the year, but he's back on hard court, a little Jensen Brooksby-ish hard court player. So it's going to be a tough match for the college guy. I think the beginning is going to be very important because you talk about Martin maybe getting tight. How about Kokonakis? He has everything to lose in this match. You're playing against Andres Martin, who... I follow men's tennis at every level pretty closely, and I had not heard of him. But he has done well in a couple of futures this summer. He's 21-year-old American, so must have some talent. He can go out there and just soak it up, enjoy this moment, swing for the fences. It can go either way. That's, That's the bottom the, the line. Interesting he can be part. fantastic and have the match of his life, or it could be, please, someone take me off this court. <laughs> I can't handle it. So you don't know until he starts. The story of Tanasi Kokonakis is pretty wonderful as well. The fact that he's been able to overcome so many injuries and get back to a career high this season. He almost quit, retired, stopped playing tennis because of injury after injury. There was a pectoral injury. There were Leg injury, arm injury, and, and then just kept 
being able to fight and practice. I think it's really impressive what he's been able to do this year. No question. He came up at the same time with Kyrgios. They were the two young, big-time Australians that were going to be the next thing. And no one knew who was better, who was more talented at that stage. And you're right, Kokonakis injury sort of gone. People didn't think about him much. He has the tried and true, huge serve, huge forehand. That does seem to work on the tour. And, Tracy, he's a Grand Slam champion. That's right. They won the Australian Open earlier this year. Earlier this year. And actually, Nick Kyrgios said that was so important for him to win that, to win throughout the whole major, the Australian Open, get used to that rhythm of playing so many matches that helped him at Wimbledon this year in singles. Beautiful scene there in Atlanta as we await the players to walk out right now. You see the fire on the screen back of the court. Andres Martin, Tanasi Kokonakis coming up next. Looks like the conditions are absolutely perfect there in Atlanta. And this is what we're going to have for you next. Brett Haber, Jimmy Arias will be on the call. Looking forward to that. Two matches coming up from the ATL tonight. For Tracy and Jimmy, I'm Steve. Thanks so much for joining us on TC Live.